Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm good. Taylor, how are you on this January 25th? Doing well, doing well. It's the 25th of January. Yeah, I know. Month's Already. over. That means we'll be in February of 2022. Time flies. And we're still wearing masks. <laughs> well, we're not, but I mean like the world is. You know, yeah. I, I saw where um, some Republican, either congressmen or senators, were going to try to use the government shutdown you know where they don't fund it to get Mm -hmm. over the mandates to where they're done certain states are being told right now in fact there was a big ruling in new york that the governor didn't have the i think no it was uh no about masks uh, yeah yeah yeah. children yeah Yeah, new york yeah uh they she has told uh you know the superintendents and stuff that there's a stay on that and that you can still uh force kids to wear masks yeah (laughs) and uh i guess apparently students have tried to go in without masks and they've been turned away and saying no there's a stay order on that so yeah that's a big over overstep on her part i think so i think these things are going to start biting people who are are overreaching their authority um you know because it's really bad out there what what's going on and then uh you know moscow and uh the whole ukraine thing Mm -hmm. with russia is still i think there's about eight thousand troops right now on alert for potential deployment uh yeah i i kind of go i mean i think that putin will move just because we've looked so weak but as far as what we'll do in response i i don't i don't know if we'll actually do something but i don't who knows well um it's uh it's something over there and then i don't know if you heard about this did you hear about the mom out in california whose daughter i think she was 12 uh was being encouraged by her teachers in the public school system to identify as transgender mm-hmm. and against the mom's wishes and without telling the mom. Mm-hmm. And so they're now suing them uh, for that. That's and happening all over the country, though. Really. It is. That yeah. was just one isolated thing. It was just it was on the news the other night. And, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, Al Mohler the other day, who is uh, who was at uh sunrise community church this past weekend and um you know he said the only moral precept of the left or progressive movement is consent in other words that's the only thing that matters if Mm -hmm. if if somebody consents to a particular thing and um you know and he made this statement that was really true that you don't hear people talking about because they're afraid or they they're just afraid of offending people but up until the 1970s everyone said that homosexuality is sexually immoral i mean with the exception of a very very isolated few Mm -hmm. it was recognized he said in psychology in the medical community 
in the entertainment community, even even though they did it, they didn't normalize it back then. In fact, if you watch any older television programs like MASH, which was a comedy about the Korean War, they portrayed homosexuality in there as a a problem. Mm. And and because everybody had that view, but um now uh when you talk about it, I mean, you you've got uh, and he shared a, a very about a very prominent psychologist who even though he's very liberal in his political leanings um still recognizes that homosexuality is a dysfunction it's not normative it's not a normative thing but he's about to be basically booted out of his ability to practice uh as a psychiatrist where's he at up in new york Mm. but you know, and we were talking uh, about the uh, conversion bill up in Canada. And, you know, he made the statement that I thought was very good that as believers, we don't believe in conversion therapy. We believe in conversion. There's a difference. You, we, we don't ever want to force someone to have to do anything. We want God to do the work in their heart. But we want to preach the word and preach the truth and let the word do its work. Um, and so... When people are converted, they, you know, they their life changes if they're truly converted, and and so, um, you know, we we got to get away as believers from being afraid to proclaim the kingdom of God and talk about His truth and talk about um, things like even patriarchy. He said has become a very very bad word, mm-hmm. and it's not. If you go back, I was uh, sharing as I read about um, um, uh, uh, Abraham after Abraham passed. Do you realize that Isaac was 40 years old when his servant went to basically find him a wife? Hmm. And when he went to find him of a wife, even though Isaac was the son and the servant referred to him as the master, as his master, Isaac was not in charge of all the resources Now, think about that for a second. What would happen today in today's culture if a guy had built an empire and he had a a right-hand guy that did everything for him, but as soon as he passes on and he has a son, that son's going to step up and take over leadership even if he's not ready. But the way it worked in the Jewish culture, it was the Beitav or the house of the father was a community and the person that led that community had the responsibility of overseeing everybody's welfare in that, making sure there was food for the people, there was shelter for the people, and the money. The reason the oldest son got a double portion was because when the father passed away, he assumed that role normally to oversee the Beitav or the community. It wasn't so that he got a double portion for his own good. That's the way we kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, it, it's it's just really interesting the way our culture has looked at Scripture and how he, uh, Dr. Moeller talked about the influence of um, the egalitarianism or the, you know, the, the minimization of the role of men and women in our culture how it's infiltrated even the church. Well, yeah, and you talked about um, 
you know, what, I can't remember what, what you talked about, but basically compromise, right? Uh, yes. What did you talk about yesterday? What did you call oh, it? Oh, pragmatic compromise. Yeah, and, you know, the egalitarian, I think you can see that as, oh, that is definitely outside the bounds, but the pragmatic compromise was complementarianism, mm-hmm. right? And it, instead of saying, no, this is the, what the Bible says, this is, you know, biblical patriarchy, we're going to kind of water down the the language of, you know, patriarchy and, and it's going to sound a little bit, it's not as bad as, it's just more palatable, right? Yeah. And that's what the complementarianism uh, has been. And I, I don't think that's what everybody takes it as, but if you look at the origins of it and what the people uh, who are writing uh, about it and kind of started the movement said, I mean, it, it's pretty, uh, they're pretty upfront about being, oh, we're, we're not patriarchal, you know, <laughs> but we're not egalitarian. We're, we're this thing in the middle. And instead of really just standing on what the Bible has to say, and that's a, an example of that pr- pragmatic compromise that you were talking about. Well, it, this has led to kind of some of the stuff we're seeing out in California with the, um, with the, where the kids basically are almost seen as autonomous apart from parental mm-hmm. involvement. Think about it. Your your child, if they're in high school, maybe even junior high now, can probably have an abortion without you even knowing about mm-hmm. it. Your child can, in some places, could probably, even though in the past they couldn't take an aspirin without you know about it, um, could transition mm-hmm. to another gender at least on the outside without you knowing about it last what's going on out there in fact one doctor uh who's the director of the massachusetts general hospital psychiatric gender identity program did you follow all that (laughs) said uh i'm not a big believer in requiring preliminary counseling for people he said being trans isn't a mental health problem it's an astounding statement. It's a categorical statement. It's a straightforward, unreserved statement. I mean, think about that. I mean, and that, there's an agenda. And, you know, they're coming for our children. Uh, they've been coming for our children for a long time. And one of the things that um, Dr. Uh, uh, Moeller said that I thought was so instructive is that we have got to start building into our children and grandchildren a Christian worldview. We've got to teach them about the truth, uh, teach them about patriarchy, that patriarchy is not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's the way God's people have operated for centuries, and it doesn't diminish value. It has nothing to do with value of men and women in different roles. It has everything to do with God's design of, of roles. Uh, the, there are biblical roles, and we have got to train our children to be countercultural uh, and have their values be more based on biblical values than on the world around them values. Yeah, uh, I think that's super important. Been talking about that for a while. Just to add to what you were saying about, uh, I, I don't know if you saw this, but in uh, California, they are attempting to lower the age of vaccine uh, consent from 18 to 12 so that 12-year-olds could get vaccines without uh, their parents' knowledge. Hmm. So just more on what you're talking about. All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we were talking a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the news and how we need to make sure that we are um, teaching our children the biblical truths. Uh, We will be getting into Acts here in a second, but we wanted to just finish up uh, uh, those points. Yeah, because I think, you know, we're, we're talking about in Acts 12 about our country um, our culture, uh, and Acts 12, we're talking about being at war or, ha- or people being at war with Christians, basically bringing persecution and stuff. And I, I, I think, you know, what, uh, just picking up again on what, uh, Dr. Uh, Moeller brought out uh, the, uh, this weekend, he was at Sunrise Community Church, did just a fabulous job of speaking to some of this, he said, we have two options as it, as it relates to dealing with what's happening in our culture. One is to say, we're going to follow your new rules and accommodate, uh, to your, um, theological framework because our culture has a theological framework. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they, even if they say they're secular, even if they say they're atheists, they have a theological framework. And um, and there's a lot of churches accommodating to that right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. there are. But the second option, the one I choose, the one I believe you choose as well, is that we're going to choose Christ and not the world, which means we live by God's word. We want his word to rule us. We want to live under the authority of his word. And that means as it relates to marriage, as it relates to, um, you know, the church, as it relates to uh, scripture, and you know, we uh, we look at things that are going on in our culture, and the church has been uh, uh, really sadly quiet about some of the issues because, again, it seems offensive. Like. 
when you start seeing things passed up in Canada, like that that particular law, people will speak at it. But I don't know if you saw this. M&M's, a candy, Mm -hmm. a candy that has really, I mean, it's candy. Mm -hmm. You know, just put chocolate in a bag and give it to me. Don't, don't try to educate me on ideals. It's like banks. Just keep my money, give me loans, and do that. AT&T, give me phone service. Stop trying to, you know, put this ideology out there that's that they they get way out of their their lane to me and m&ms for like 80 years they've just been putting candy in a bag well m&ms those are iconic i mean that was a a Amer- that's american ingenuity right there used during uh, world war ii actually to make sure yeah world war ii to make sure that the candies didn't melt you know it yeah. was, it's really uh, a marvel and you know it's part of america but yeah they they're uh bowing to uh, the new theology, as you were talking about. Well, yeah, and if you haven't heard, what they're going to do is this This is their quote, that uh, we're going to include more modern takes on the looks of our characters. I mean, their characters, it's a piece of candy. But they say, uh, as well as a more nuanced personality to underscore the importance of self-expression and power of community through storytelling. Again, and they're, they're we not, don't need that. We just want candy. Just give us candy. They're not going to use gendered language. I think they said as well. <clears throat> I think so. Um, you know, and did uh, did uh, Al Mohler did he offer any? You know, because he's talking about you know really got a basically what he's talking about is culture building. Did he offer any insights into the best way to move forward in doing that? Uh, he he just basically said what we need to be doing is. Um, he, he said, we're in a quandary because we have to live in a very modern world, but we got to have a, a, a biblical worldview, which is not modern. And well, that, that's one of the problems is the progressives want to progress and say that, well, we live in a different time. So we have to change the meaning of the words to allow homosexuality, to allow transgenderism. To allow uh, pick pick your poison, he he made this statement that I thought was interesting. Men alone are not good. Uh, he said that marriage typically makes men more conservative in regards to life, mm-hmm. especially when they have children. They behave better um, when they have responsibilities. Yeah, whether whether it's a wife or wife and kids. And he said that marriage is one of the primary institutions that God formed for community and, and the culture, you know, to further the faith. And, uh, and, but he also talked about the voluntary association called the church. I mean, you know, he, he mentioned others like the Lions Club or Kiwanis, you know, whatever it is. All those tend to make you better because you think communally, right? You think as a group, uh, where you're more committed to truth in a group than individually. What happens to people, Taylor, when they get outside of a Bible study? They have no no connection, nobody speaking into their life, and they're not with other people seeking the same kind of value-driven uh, truth. What happens? Well, they're alone and susceptible to uh, you know falling into error or sin. Yeah, because it's only their way. Mm-hmm. But if I'm around you and we're both studying the Word and we're talking about the Word— we're a lot more guarded 
in that regard. And he was talking about that. And he said that the church's main responsibility, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is what? To preserve truth and mm-hmm. guard the truth. Well, without the church, there is no preservation of truth. And what's happening to churches everywhere, they're dissipating. They, they, the, the ones that are existing, uh, he said this, if a church has a, a, a homosexual LGBTQ flag outside of its window, it's basically it's lost all credibility as a church. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that he was right on when he was saying a lot of this stuff that, um, you know, we need to strive to take care of the first priority whatever that is in our life, uh, to pass on the faith. And that, that means investing in our children. That means investing in the next generation. That means if you're older, taking some time to build into younger people, biblical values and worldview. Not everybody's going to buy into it, uh, but those that do, reinforce it in them. They'll be the voices. They'll be the Ezekiels. They'll be the, the Jeremiah's who, who speak you know, truth even when, uh, the world says something different. And, you know, we see in uh, Peter and James and John, the people that Jesus built into, now on the scene when Jesus is, is gone physically from the earth, they're carrying on and they're emulating him. And we're seeing them emulate him by laying their life down. James lays his life down. We see Peter in jail. And, and that's where we are in Acts chapter 12, and really we talked about this principle we're focusing on this week is how God calls us to trust that his power is uncontested. And as we you know, go into the text, really if you're listening today, how does that impact you, that truth? Does it impact you? Do you really believe that the God of all creation is all powerful. Do you really believe that there's nothing that can supplant his will? Do you believe that there's nothing that can overpower him? Because if you believe that, um, that should have an impact on your life. If you're his, right? I mean, if we're Mm -hmm. his, that should have an impact on his life. You know, when Jesus came, he walked the earth he modeled that wherever he went. It doesn't mean that he didn't um, go through uh, struggles on earth. In the garden, he struggled. You know, uh, he was tempted when Satan tempted him in the wilderness. But he knew, and he always came back to where? To Scripture and to God's uncontested power, my Father. And, you know, you remember when you were really tiny and you thought your dad was just as long as you were with your dad, you were good, right? Mm-hmm. When you were tiny, you could be scared, afraid of, of anything. But if your dad was there, you, you were okay. God wants us to feel that way with him. And I think what happens as we get older, especially older in the Christian life, we get blindsided by a financial problem, blindsided by a relational problem, blindsided by some you know, uh, personal struggle. And we forget that God's all-powerful because um, we don't see an immediate response. We don't see an immediate response. Peter was in jail here for a while. We don't know how long, but he was in jail long enough for 
uh, you know, four squads of soldiers to cycle through. Um, they the way they typically rotate is every three to four hours, mm-hmm. and so he was in jail awaiting to be executed and it was about over uh and so uh, he, he was put in jail at the beginning or prior to passover and herod was waiting until passover was done until he executed him so he probably was in jail for about a week i can imagine him thinking you know this is it mm-hmm. You know, because he's there, he's got the shackles on, he's got two guards sleeping with him, he's got a guard in and a guard out, and he's probably thinking, I'm done physically, except he, he's not, he's resting. Why is he resting? How can he sleep so peacefully? And that's what we're going to read, you know, uh, when we come back from this uh, news break, I'm going to have you read 1 through 11, but he could sleep because he was resting in the strength of God. He knew God was all-powerful. He knew his power was uncontested. When God sets his mind to something, when God sets his will to something, nothing, it doesn't matter what people say. I don't care how powerful they are. I don't care if it's Putin. I don't care if it's uh, Biden. I don't care if it's Xi. It does not matter. Kim Jong-un, it does not matter. If God wants something to happen, there is no earthly leader, no army can stand against him. And uh, yesterday when we were going out, I read Proverbs twenty-one thirty. It said, there's no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord, against Yahweh. It, nothing can stand against him. And I think if we really will let that truth be a reality for us that we believe that i think it can change the way we live our life every day amen so stick with us we are going to get back into the text uh when we get back from the news break before we go we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors a store and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and a special thanks to our sponsor jeff andrews of highway to eternity ministries if you would like to sponsor the program you can email us at doug at swatradio.com that's doug d-o-u-g at swatradio.com You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio, that was Need to Breathe with Brother. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 this week, and I am going to go ahead and read those now. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. 
And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayers for him was made. Oh, excuse me. Earnest prayer was for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on the very, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second gate, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. You know, sometimes we wonder um, if God uh, even knows what we're going through. I, I, I know he does. I mean, we know intellectually he does, but sometimes people feel like, you know, I'm going through this and nobody cares, nobody sees. But First Peter 3 says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Mm. You're not righteous if you're his because of anything you do, you're righteous. Peter's writing this and he knows that God's got his back. And so even though Herod Agrippa was evil, even though he was power hungry, even though he had just killed James, the brother of John, and even though he had just thrown Peter in jail, he, God was still on his throne. And so when we think about, the power, uh, God's power and his care for his people throughout time. We have to ask this question, how does that truth impact my life? Does it really give me comfort? Does it give me rest? Can I rest in the middle of a chaotic world? Because our world is chaotic now Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, right? If you just watch the news, you can get really frustrated really quick. Uh, But God knew exactly what was going on with Herod. He watched him. He saw him. Uh, he was not surprised that by that. Um, it says that he arrested several. Notice that. It says about that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some, meaning plural. It wasn't just James, right? Mm-hmm. But he killed James. And he saw that brought approval from the Jewish people. And when he saw that, He said, I know if that makes them happy, I'm going to go get Peter. And so he goes and he gets Peter and he locks him into jail and he puts uh, four different squads of soldiers there, two shackled to him, one inside, one out, and then they rotate every three hours. And so why do you think he did that? Why do you think he had so many soldiers around this one fisherman who had already denied Christ three times who had already, uh, you know, shown that he went away, went back to Galilee. Um, 
his intel might have told him some of this stuff if, if he's Herod and he had access to Roman people and stuff. I'm sure he, he had favor with the Romans. Why was he afraid of Peter? Why was he so concerned about him getting away? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's an instance where that's something like that's happened yet. To, um, so maybe he just feared him and the influence that he had. Well, if you remember back in Acts 5, Peter and John were arrested. Uh-huh. And what happened when they were arrested in Acts 5? Remember, they were they were they were, they were let go, right? Yeah, well, they were let go. But if you you flip back um, to Acts and look uh, and and read, um, they um, that back in Acts chapter five seventeen they were arrested. It says uh, five seventeen that they uh, or eighteen. Oh yeah, they arrested yeah, yeah. the apostles. They put them in public prison yeah I forgot but about during that. the night an angel of the lord opened the prison doors and brought them out go and stand in the temple speak to the people all the words of this life so it had happened and before. and yeah. yeah and then they go do that and and it says the next day they they sent for him and it says uh 22 of chapter 5 when the officers came they did not find them in prison so they returned and reported we found the prison securely locked, the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. And when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were perplexed, wondering what this would come to. And somebody came up to them while they were talking about it and said, hey, they're over in the temple preaching. And it says that the captain and the officers went over and brought them, but not by force for they were afraid of being stoned by the people because at this time they were still preaching at this time people were still receiving responding to the word but over in chapter 12 you know this is after the scattering this Mm -hmm. is after paul was on his tear and now the people seem to like the fact that james was murdered by herod and that he's got Peter in jail. And so Herod's like, they're not they're not going to embarrass me like they embarrassed those Sadducees. And so he puts these four squads of cho- soldiers in there, two chained to him, two sentries, one in and one out. I just want you to picture yourself in that position for a second. There you are in a jail wondering, does God really have the power to get me out of here? Will God get me out of here? Why am I here? I mean, those thoughts going through your head. You know, I, I wouldn't even be, you know, you're th- will God get me out of here? I'd, I'd be thinking, Lord, help that guy who's swinging the sword or the axe. Man, make it swift and painless. Don't have a miss. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be feeling this pain. I, I don't think I would. it wouldn't even really be on my radar that, you know, he might do that. Well, you know, I, I refer to my brother John Monger a lot. John Monger was in a Nepali prison for 18 months, 15 months, I'm sorry. He was in there for 15 months, beaten every day, treated poorly. And I'm sure while he was there, it was cold, you know, over in the mountains of Nepal. It was uh, terrible living conditions. He was beaten physically, embarrassed, taunted, and... You know, when you talk to John about it, 
he talks in a way that says, you know what? I can't believe God would let me suffer for him like that. Mm. And, and when you look at Peter, he's resting in the midst of this. You read it for everybody. I mean, he's asleep when the, when the angel appeared, listen, is there any other place in scripture where you see an angel appear that you have to jolt somebody awake? <laughs> Every other time, what are the angels saying? Fear not. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. They're not having to wake other people up, but Peter is so peaceful, so at rest in the strength and, and the plan of God. See, I think for you and me, what the biggest problem is a lot of times, it's it's not so much that we are concerned about God's power is that we we don't trust his plan, mm-hmm. right? Is God going to let me get out of here or not? Am I going to die or not? What am I going to do? And he proves his power. And with his power, we can trust also his plan. And so his power is uncontested. And if you look back through story after story in the Old Testament, you see different kings, uh, different servants, that are being pursued, whether it's Elijah and God defends him, whether it's uh, Jeremiah and God defends him, whether it's uh, you know uh, Hezekiah or Jehoshaphat or Gideon, just pick a name, David. I mean, like over and over and over throughout the Old Testament, you see God deliver his people from something that would surely be death to the rest of the world. And there's one particular story in second kings and in second kings um 19 22 sennacherib was the leader of assyria he was the king of assyria which was basically coming against israel besieging they were putting a siege around jerusalem and when a siege is when you get all your troops to surround a city you block off water block off food, you starve people out basically till they surrender. You don't allow anything to come in. And so Sennacherib had surrounded and was taunting the people through the wall. And, you know, people, because the walls were the defensive last stand of a city. They, they basically would shut the gates and they would sit on the walls and the people on the outside would actually say, hey, do you want to surrender? They would talk to him. Well, Sennacherib, sent people to taunt, and then he actually was taunting uh, and saying, don't believe Hezekiah. Don't believe in him. Listen, all these other countries that I've defeated had gods they cried out to, save yourselves. Well, it's, you know, in Second or Second Kings 19, 22, God says to him, whom have you mocked and reviled? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes to the heights? against the Holy One of Israel. You're not taunting Hezekiah. Hezekiah's trust is in me. You're taunting me. And in 2 Kings 19.35, just a few verses later, it says, That night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 Assyrians. And when the people got up early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. There's 185,000 dead bodies lying around the wall of Jerusalem, and as a testimony to the power of God. So if that doesn't make you think, wow, I don't have to fear, 
I don't know what will. When we come back, I want to share what happened to Sennacherib also after that. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program, Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a That is nobody by casting crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 this week. Just before the break, we were talking, though, about um, what was happening in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 22 uh, and following, talking about, I'm going to mess up his name, Sennacherib, Sennacherib, uh, and his he was an Assyrian uh, ruler who was coming up against uh, the kingdom of Judea. And what happened to him, we did not get to finish. uh, Well, we talked about what happened to his army, which was that um, the Assyrians were struck down by the angel of the Lord, 185,000 of them. Um, But Sennacherib retreated to Nineveh, and we did not get into his ultimate fate. Um, So go ahead. Well, uh, Sennacherib, when he had all these men die in his army, he Mm -hmm. fled. It says in verse 36 of Second Kings 19, Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed, went home, and lived at Nineveh. He went back home to his capital. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, probably trying to figure out why that happened. Mm-hmm. I thought you were the one god, Nisroch, or whatever he was saying. His two sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, struck him down with a sword and escaped in the land of Ararat, and Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. So here's what's going on. He's humiliated. This little country, Israel, this little nation, defeated the king of Assyria who tried to come in there and take him over. He goes back. His two sons killed him probably because their dad appeared weak to let this little nation and they couldn't have a weak dad because it meant that they they may get invaded. So they killed him for whatever reason. They killed him, and then they realized they probably shouldn't have, and then they beat feet, and his other son ruled. But the point of the whole thing is Sennacherib was taunting God. He was taunting God's people, taunting God, and what happened to him? He got killed by his own sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that, that just 
what we're going to see with Herod is something almost similar in this way. You're going to see uh, Herod who says, hmm, I killed James. Now I'm going to arrest Peter. He's thinking he's going to make more leeway with the Jews. And that has, you know, God's enemies think that they get these little temporary victories and they feel like they're in charge. But they ultimately fail. All of them do. I went through a laundry yesterday. Um, you know, uh, I think of Joseph Stalin, you know, the dictator. Mm-hmm. He, he killed millions of people after the Russian revolutions. Um, a lot of people think that, um, you know, he died peacefully in his bed. He didn't. He, uh, in 1953, he suffered a major stroke. Um, but because of his own actions, the things that he did to his people and things he put in place, um, he slowly died over really a course of a few days in agony, in agony, physical agony, so much so that um, when he, right before he died, he raised up out of the bed and angrily shook his fist at God and then passed away into eternal death. Um, And that's sad, but that's everybody that thinks there's somebody and takes a stand against God and is a a tool of the enemy. Really, they're just Satan uses these people, ultimately ends up being somebody that God takes care of. They think they're going to take care of God. God takes care of them because you can't defeat him. I mean, you can't defeat him. Uh, Romans 8.31 should encourage us all. What shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us, right? Who can be against us? And then he adds this, Paul does. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. In other words, through Jesus, we have access to the Father. Why should we doubt? Why should we doubt his goodness? Why should we doubt his grace? You know, there's uh, when the children of Israel would go every year to the feast, they would sing the Psalms of Ascent. The songs, uh, The Psalms of Ascent were Psalm 120 through 133. They would sing these songs to pass the time as they were going in a caravan and families from wherever they were going up the mountain to Jerusalem. The very first one, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Isn't that the Christian life, really? Calling to God Mm -hmm. and him answering, deliver me, O Lord. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the government? No. My help comes from my bank account? No. My help comes from fill in the blank, anything but God. God is your help who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Why could Peter sleep in the cell? Because God never sleeps. He has a relentless, unceasing care of his kids. I mean, he, he is he is looking out for us. He's 
that we should be comforted by those two facts. His power is uncontested and his care is unceasing. And so uh, I love that one. Uh, the other one, Psalm 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let us Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Our God is sovereign in his power. He is the one true God, and he's sovereign in his timing. And I think sometimes we don't get answers to prayers right away because, one, we don't ask with the right motive, James says. Two, we ask with the spirit of doubt. We're like, you know, wavering. But three, it's not in God's timing to give us that or in his best interest for us, our best interest. Uh, like um, when, um, you know, Jesus said, listen, if if a child asks for uh, bread, he's not he's not going to give him a stone, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so we God is looking out for his kids. He's we can trust in his goodness when we we don't see immediate answers to our prayer but he does answer prayer in fact next week we're going to be talking about this whole idea of um prayer because the key part of that first part i think if you look at um verse 5 peter was kept in prison but but earnest prayer for him was made to god by the church the church was interceding. The church was intervening. And uh, here Peter is in the jail asleep, and and God sends an angel, a messenger of the Most High. And so I, I, I hope that if you're listening, you will take comfort in the fact that God's power, his uncontested power, is something you can rest in. But it has to be something you really believe it has to be a belief that impacts your life. Um, there's a, you know, when you think about belief, there's there's belief things that we would like to believe, like intellectually we believe them, mm-hmm. uh, but when we go through our daily life, we don't really apply those beliefs, mm-hmm. which means we don't really believe them, right? Yeah. I mean, if we really believe them, won't that impact our life? But I don't. I don't think. Sometimes we realize how much we allow the enemy's lies to influence us. Does he? Did he really say that? Do you really believe that? He just—he doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. That's the lies of the enemy. Because if he loved you, he would let you have this over here that he says he doesn't want you to have right now because he hadn't made a way for you to have it. Do you ever meet people, Taylor, that? that keep praying for the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very, very, very frustrated. But God's trying to move them in a different direction, trying to move them over here, but they want to go through that door. And the timing's just not there for whatever reason. And they're angry at God. I've had people that uh, I've known in other uh, other states that I've been in and lived in who get really, really angry with God because he doesn't answer their prayer in their timing and their plans. That is, uh, I think, 
un, you know, that shows their underlying understanding of God that he's a he's the big gumball machine in the sky, right? Or an ATM machine. Yeah, yeah. I call it ATM. Yeah. It, well, you know, because the truth of the matter is that um, you know God God is sovereign. If I believe that he's sovereign, which I do, that means he's sovereign over me. Mm-hmm. And that means if I want something that he doesn't want me to want because he doesn't want me to have it for my own protection, whatever that is, I need to trust him. That's why he says, do not covet. The whole thing with coveting, it's not just about relationships with other people. It's Mm -hmm. about trusting in him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can ask God for anything that you see, but he may not give it to you. And, and if he doesn't give it to you, then, you know, I, I've seen the most bizarre, simple request fulfilled by God, mm. not because he's a genie in the bottle, just for whatever reason is he wanted to use that to bring glory to his name. He, he, he withholds nothing good from his children. Why would he? But if it's not going to be good for his children, he may not give it to you, you know? Yeah, and I think... Uh, yeah, I think people who get upset about that are, you know, either got the gumball uh, machine in the sky thought in their head or they just really don't understand how God works and how he knows what's best for us better than we do. Yeah, but, yeah. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening